Wow. It's going to be a little bit different this morning, isn't it? It's going to be a little bit different this morning. We're going to be sparking off each other, I think. Been sparking off each other, me and Rob, for a long time. So we'll see what God does. I'm just excited about what God's got for this year. I don't go too much into kind of celebrating New Year. I'm not really that sort of person, really. I kind of, yeah, it's not really, I was nearly asleep by 10 o'clock. I was asleep by 10 o'clock last night. (laughs) Not in bed. I was on the sofa. They were watching Rio 2. I'm like, I'm happy to kind of get into that age now. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to watch a film and I'll just kind of snooze. I'll rest my eyes, they call it, don't they? I'm getting to that stage, rest me. And Rosie said this morning, she's like, are you and Rob doing it this morning? She said. So I was like, yeah, I I am. She went, I'm really excited about that. She went... (laughs) Didn't you, Rosie? You said, I'm really excited about that. Look at her face, that Rob. Are you more excited about it? You're probably more excited about Ian Rob than me, aren't you? That's <laughs> and she, her tooth fell out last night. We've, we've had this tooth that's been wobbly for a couple of weeks now, or, well, about a week, isn't it? And it's been giving her a bit of grief. So she's been talking with a lisp. <laughs> Everything's been with a lisp. And eventually it fell out last night. It's a new beginning. It fell out, didn't it? So... Expecting the tooth fairy to come tonight. It was a bit late for the tooth. I think the tooth fairy was enjoying New Year's Eve last night. So maybe tonight, maybe. But it's good. It's good to see you. You've made it in. You could be anywhere this morning. You could be, you could be in Oakhampton. <laughs> you could be in Salt Ash. You could be anywhere this morning. But you're here. You're here. And here is the best place. I love this church. I love this church. I love being together. I love coming in and seeing your faces. I love hearing what God's doing. And he's not finished yet. So how was your your Christmas? How was it? Yeah, for some people we kind of just crash into it, don't we? And it kind of just happens. I've speaking to a few people this morning. They say, well, I survived. Sometimes that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It kind of comes and goes. And if it's anything like ours, then all your plans go out the window, pretty much. (laughs) You planned to eat at a certain time, and we were about an hour and a half late, wasn't it? We had the family over. There was eight, nine of us, and it was... Like you do, you start chatting and talking and you think, oh my goodness, the gravy's still on or the potatoes are still in the oven and things just kind of escalate, don't they? And plans go out the window. And it gets a bit messy, doesn't it? It gets a bit messy. I don't know if you like, oh, how, and Rosie, she's tearing her presents and kind of paper, wrapping paper, going flying. And then there's Lego pieces all over the floor, and you keep standing. I'm like, if I'd heard Joe say, oh, my goodness, my ankle, I'd heard it about ten times. <laughs> well, you stand on a bit of Lego, it gets messy. It gets messy. But aren't you glad that Jesus isn't afraid of the mess? Aren't you glad? I'm glad that Jesus isn't afraid of the mess. He isn't afraid of our mess. In fact, he gets right in the middle of it. He gets right in the middle of it, Jenny. And I love that. And I'm not sure if you're convinced 
Or today, if you're unsure that Jesus will show up in the middle of your turmoil, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of what you're going through. But I want to tell you, he showed up in the furnace. He showed up in the furnace. He closed the, he closed the lion's mouths in the lion's den. When that lion comes and tries to speak all kind of thing, I want to tell you, Jesus gets in that lion's den and he closes that lion's mouth so you won't be harmed. He gets in the middle. He shows up. He showed up in the storm. He showed up in the storm right in the middle of it. It said that they were rowing in the middle of the lake. Jesus saw them in the middle. He turns up in the middle of your storm. And not just in the middle of it, it was the middle of the night. When that thing is playing over on your mind and you can't get to sleep, Jesus shows up in the middle of the night. But what about when you need him in the middle of the day? Carol, when you need him in the middle of the day, where does Jesus show up? At the woman at the well, it was high noon. She came to draw water because she didn't want to be part of the, 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 the culture that was, she was ashamed. So she came in the middle of the day and Jesus showed up in the middle of the day. For those that are thirsty, for those that are empty, Jesus came in the middle of the day. He got in the middle of her mess. And what about when you're waiting for a miracle? The guy that was waiting 38 years at the pool of Bethesda, he was waiting. Jesus showed up. Aren't you glad that Jesus shows up? See, Jesus is unavoidable. <laughs> and that, if you want, we, I don't know whether we're going to get a title out of what we're doing today. It might just be called Messy Church or something. <laughs> But I've got a couple, I've got a title. My title is Unavoidable Jesus. That's, that's my little title, okay? There might be another one in a minute. I don't know. But Unavoidable Jesus. I love that. Unavoidable Jesus. See, you can't even tell the time without Jesus. <laughs> 2023 now. AD, in the year of our Lord. People that don't even believe in Jesus can't tell the time without him because he's everywhere. He's everywhere and he's in the middle of your life today. You can't tell the time without him. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, and this is on our website, Jesus says, I have come. John 10, 10. I have come, Jesus said, to give you just an ordinary life. I've come just so that you can survive, Charles. I've come just so that you can get by and scrimp. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. And not just life, but life more abundantly, Norman. Yeah. I have come. Jesus came in the middle of a mess. That's what I love. Jesus said, I have come. You know, Jesus has come. And he came as a baby. And he's still coming today. But Jesus isn't afraid to come in the middle of a mess. And I want us to look at that. See, when Jesus came as a baby, 
There's a, there's a part of, in, in Judges 3, it says that, and I can't remember who the judges were, I think Othaniel, I think, was one of the names. But it says that Israel had rest for 40 years in the land. There was rest. Where the judges were, were judging right, they were doing things right in the eyes of God. And it says that the land, the land had rest. Now, if that was me, if I was Jesus, or I was gone and I was thinking, I'm going to come to a people, my people, to, then I would have probably chosen that time, wouldn't you? Don't you think that would be natural? Thinking the land had rest for 40 years. Hey, that's the best time to come, Wendy. It's going to be an easy ride. Jesus lived for 33 years and then he got seven years. So you could just, Jesus could have come at that point. He could have come when it was easy. He could have come when the land had rest and when it had peace. The prince of peace could have come when the land had peace. Wouldn't that make sense? Makes sense to me, and I'm simple. Thinking, come when it's come when it's easy, Lord. That would be the natural thing to do. But unavoidable Jesus. Jesus didn't come when it was easy. What did he do? He showed up right in the middle when there was political mess and when there was a superpower, the Roman Empire, that was causing chaos. In the Jewish nation. And so you had this perfect storm. You had the Jews and the religious leaders that were, were, were looking for a Messiah to come. And then you had the Roman Empire that were trying to impose their, their taxation, their, their way of life, everything onto the Jewish nation that were, were like a pharaoh as, as such. That this is what Jesus comes into. Jesus, what are you doing? What do you do? You should have come when it was easy. You should have come when it was peaceful. And he doesn't just come through that. He comes through an unlikely couple in an unlikely town. So you don't ever put Jesus in a box. Put him in a stable, but hey, you'll get your chance in a minute. This is me. He's starting to spark already. Put him in a stable. Don't ever put Jesus in a box. Don't put him when things don't look as though what we expect. He turns up in unexpected situations, unexpected areas. But Jesus loves the mess. He's not afraid of our mess. Right in the middle of a storm, socially, politically, there was a power struggle going on. Sounds a bit familiar today, doesn't it? A baby was born. The Jews were looking for a new exodus. They were looking for a savior. They were looking for a comforter. And for those that know, when, when the Old Testament finished, there was 400 years pretty much of, of, of no new revelations, no prophet in the country. There was 400 years pretty much of silence. No new revelations. The religious leaders were largely political rather than spiritual. But I want to draw your attention this morning briefly before I hand over 
to a, a, a guy who's probably one of my favorite Christmas characters in the Bible who doesn't really get talked about much. I want you to turn to Luke 2, please. I want to look at Simeon. And you may say, who? There's a chap called Simeon in Luke. He's only mentioned in Luke. It's not one that you kind of associate the Christmas story with. But what a guy. Simeon's name means God has heard. I like that. See, because often in my life I can feel like I'm praying, Norman, and I can feel like it's hitting the church ceiling. It can feel like, God, are you even listening to what I'm saying? God says, yeah, I hear. And this name here, Simeon, actually means God has heard. I think there was um, Leah, wasn't it, who who named one of her kids because she was hated. And it says, God has heard. And she named one of her children, Simeon. God has heard. And we see here in Luke 2, 25, look, that's what it says. Well, back up, just a a few verses before, it says that Mary and Joseph, when Jesus was born, it says that as their custom, it says that they they took him, when the days of purification were over, they took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So here we've got Jesus, the Lord, being presented to the Lord. Love that. And it says, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. So here they go, they're presenting a sacrifice for the one who will be the ultimate sacrifice. But it says that as they came, that pretty much it was about a month. That was how long it was before they had to present Jesus. So here we've got a month-old baby Jesus, where it says no crying he makes. I don't believe any of that. He probably would have needed his, I don't think they would have had nappies, but whatever they used, they would have had to have fed him and done all the stuff that you do with babies as they were going along the way. Here he is, coming to Jerusalem as a month old. Let alone Jesus. Doesn't it blow your mind to think how vulnerable he was? Never stops to amaze me to think that he could have come as a fully grown human being in a land of peace where there was no turmoil or anything, and here comes Jesus in a place where it was just so much unrest, and he's as vulnerable as you can get, totally dependent on Mary and Joseph. And he's a month old. A month old. And this is where we see Simeon. It says that, behold, verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. Wow. What a statement to have about someone. Just, he was righteous and he was devout. See, I just said that there was 400 years of silence. 400 years of waiting for the Messiah to come. The promise of what God has spoken for it to come to fulfillment. He was waiting, it says. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the comforter to come, the Messiah. And he says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. See, he could have easily been caught up with society, culture. He could have been skeptical, thinking, well, I've waited all these years for God to turn up, for God to do what he promised he was going to do, and it ain't happened. 
I can just go on and just live my life. But it says that he was righteous too and he was just and he was devout. What a picture, what an example for us in our lives, isn't it? To say we don't need to go along with what culture says. What society says where they say, well, where is this Jesus then? But instead, he was someone who was just. And he said that he was, he was living. He was waiting. Waiting for the Messiah. It says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Huh? Interesting there that the Holy Spirit is mentioned three times. Look. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. And then it says in verse 27, he came by the Spirit. This is before the day of Pentecost. Isn't that interesting? That the Holy Spirit was at work even before. This is an Old Testament guy here, Simeon. He had lived his life through the Old Covenant, but the Holy Spirit breaks through that. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Love that. And this is what he says. He says that he was, he was looking. He was in hope. He was expectant. Expectant that the fulfillment of the promise would come. See, this is what I want you to, to focus on this morning, that hope is not optimism. Simeon was in hope for the Messiah to come. But hope is not optimism but rather expectation. And I like that. I like that. Hope is not optimism, but rather expectation. See, hope has a strategy. Hope has a strategy. And how do you keep hoping? Because today you may be saying, well... God, I'm believing for this. I'm believing that you're going to do that. But how do you keep hoping like Simeon when you're looking and you're thinking, well, another disappointment's happened. It may be today you're thinking, well, another year has gone by. Another year's ticked over. I believe, God, that last year was my year and it didn't happen. One more year has passed by. One more hit. I've taken in my life, in my faith, I've taken another hit. How do you keep hoping? Well, hope has a strategy. And this is what it is. You've got to keep telling your story. That was a couple of people that caught it. Hope has a strategy. You've got to keep telling your story. You've got to keep singing the songs. And you've got to keep celebrating God's victory. Yeah. You see, that was everything that they did. That was everything that the Jewish nation did. They kept telling their story. They kept singing the songs. They kept celebrating God's victory. They kept on. This is what Simeon did. That's how hope has a strategy. That's how you keep hoping. When disappointment after disappointment keeps humming, coming, saying, God, where are you? That's how you keep going. That's the story of the great exodus. That's what they did. They kept singing. They kept telling the story. And God heard, didn't he? 
And I want to tell you today, God hears your cries. God hears your cries. And what I love about Simeon is it says that he saw the salvation of the Lord. The Holy Spirit said to him, you're not going to die until you see the salvation of the Lord. And I want to tell you today, it's not literal for you. But for me, it's kind of saying, I've seen the salvation of the Lord. I can die in peace now. I'm not saying I'm going to die. But I will at some point. But I can die in peace because I've seen the salvation of the Lord. So my eternal security now is secure in him. My salvation is secure. Simeon saw the salvation of the Lord. And look what he does, verse 28. is He says that he picks him up. Wow. Simeon sees the salvation of the Lord, but he doesn't just see it. He holds it. And Wendy mentioned the other, the other week, last year, now we can say he mentioned it like go back last year. <laughs> Who remembers last year? It was a <laughs> but you're saying we were carriers. Mary was carrying Jesus, the Messiah, but here Simeon... He picks him up and he holds salvation. He holds it in his hands. That to me is incredible. Incredible. That today you can see salvation, but not only that, you can embrace it. Embrace the salvation of the Lord. He held it in his arms. And I'll leave you with this before Rob comes. With my favorite, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, Lamentations. Lamentations? What do you mean, Lamentations? Isn't that a book of disaster and lamenting and hopelessness? But right in the middle. Right, you know where I'm going, Norman, don't you? You've read my note. You'd be, I thought I saw you hanging around the pulpit here. Right in the middle. Lamentations, the book that, that starts with saying how. That's what the word means. How? How has it come to this? And you today may be saying, you know, like, how is it, how have I got in this place? How have I got in this mess? How have I ended up here? And in Lamentations 3:20, Jeremiah, it says that his soul was sinking within him. He was in despair. He was sinking within him. And then he pivots. Just like that. In verse 21 where he says, Then I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. I have hope. I have a strategy. I have hope. I have expectation. Not just optimism, but I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. And what it says there, the mercies, it means covenant love. Steadfast love, love that can't be broken, love that can't be pulled apart. Jeremiah remembered that and it brought him hope to know that they're not cut off, they're not destroyed. And it says that because his compassions fail not, they are new. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. They are new, Darrow, new. Every morning, not just the 1st of January, but the 28th of September, 
26th of September, your birth. <laughs> the 16th of February, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope, I expect in him. The Lord is good to those who wait. Simeon had to wait the whole of his life. And it actually says after Simeon, there was a prophetess called Anna. And she was 104. She was a widow for 84 years. And she had to wait. But she said, the Lord is good to those who wait on him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I hope in him. Hope is not an optimism, but it's an expectation. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we haven't finished yet. We haven't finished yet. Hope is not just an expectation. Hope is a person. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hope is a person. Our hope is not in something. Something that turned the year 31st of December, 1st of January. That doesn't change a thing. The only one that changes anything is the creator of time. The creator of the world. The one who came. Oh, I got a good bit for you this morning. Thank you, Dan. We're just warming up. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Terrible. What will his name be? Wonderful. Wouldn't it be sad if it finished there? But it doesn't finish there. Counselor, you got a problem? You go to the Lord. The counselor is waiting for you. We run around like headless chickens when there is one seated at the right hand of the Father, whoever lives to intercede for me. And he says, Come to me. Oh, you are heavy laden and burdened down. And I, 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 not the NHS, not your doctor, not your financial situation. I will give you rest. Why? Because unto us, a chosen generation, unto us a son is given. Unto us. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. After the counselor, when you get the counsel of God into your heart, not your head, when you allow it to settle, get from here down into here, he becomes a mighty God to you and me. It's the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, there's one thing we've got to struggle with. One thing, well, we're not going to struggle, but there's a challenge laid before us. And it's in every generation. And it's simply this. 
First, you've got to believe God's word, and then you've got to live it. Unto us a child is born, but if you don't believe that, you'll never live in it. Unto us, those who have accepted on the camera, on, on YouTube, those people that will come and watch this in days gone by, you, our guys that, that are not well at home this morning, unto you a child is born that changes everything. Changes everything. But first of all, you've got to believe it and then live it. This is not a nice story. This Christmas thing is not a nice story. You see, what we've done through, I don't know how it's happened, but we, we break down Jesus' life into three segments. We talk this time, it's expected at this time of the year to talk about his birth. And then when we get to Easter, we start talking about his death. And then we start talking about his resurrection. This is not three parts. It's one story. It's a love story. That unto us a child was born is his story. His sto history and his story are one. We break it down. We talk about Christmas and then we go into preaching about other things. It all is one story. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection is one story. It's a love story. You know, we don't talk much about Mary because of the implications of a certain other faith. I think as Protestants, we've moved away from that. But she was blessed. Can't deny it. Blessed. Blessed is she who believed. I think I'm right in saying there's three churches represented here today. Blessed is the church... That believes. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told them from the Lord. This church and the other churches represented here. Go back. Tell your congregation, tell your friend, believe. Live it. And there will be a fulfillment of those things which have been said from the Lord. A fulfillment. I've reached an age now of just over 35. Don't laugh that long, Carol. You can have a snigger, but you can't laugh that long. It's not polite. You know, we've been given the word from the Lord. A prophetic word. Well, what was the first thing that, that God did? What was the very first thing recorded that God did? He said. 
He spoke. He spoke and said, let there be light. And then he got into doing. Before doing, there has to be the spoken word. Very often, we get the doing and try and put in the spoken word. The first thing God did, that tells me that his word is utmost. If the first thing he did was to speak, we better be listening today to what he's saying or else we're not going to get the fulfillment of his word. We've been given a prophetic word. It doesn't matter that already we've had it a year. God's word is everlasting. Everlasting. I love the bit about the shepherds out in the field because that gives me hope. You see, the shepherds were the lowest of the low. In fact, they couldn't even be, you couldn't call a shepherd to be a witness in court. Not allowed. Their word was rubbished. Rubbished. Which takes me back to when they took Jesus into court. And the word says, he uttered not a word. And he was the shepherd. In the field that night, could have been any night. But God's word and God's display and God's majesty always comes on time. But they didn't know it. They were just going about looking after the sheep. And suddenly, the heavens opened. Wow. Who to? Not to the wise men, but to the lowest of the low, me. He came for me. For those on the screen, those watching, he came for you. And he longs to display his glory, his majesty, his saviorhood into your life. Heaven joins with earth for the first time in a magnificent display. I mean, I've seen it this morning. I was fast asleep at midnight. Unlike Dan, I don't bother with New Year's anymore. I remember growing as a young, you know, there was everybody hypes you up that you know New Year's coming is going to be different, and you've got to be, you're going to live differently, and things are going to turn. And have a good year. Hope it'll be a good year. I want to tell you, nothing's changed this morning. The only thing that will change this year is meeting Jesus Christ and accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. 
I'm bringing the creator into the creation. I hyped it up when I was younger. And you go to the New Year's Eve party like I did and, you know, still good looking, but I was better looking in them days. And I remember being in one one year, and, and, and I'm not playing it down. I'm not I'm not spoiling it, but I was bored. I thought I can do this any Saturday night. So what's it about? And that the, the year that followed wasn't much different from the year before. You see, the year can't change you. The year is just a measurement of time, created time. You've got to meet the creator of time to bring change into your life. These shepherds are never going to be the same again. They had a witness, and it says they went and told what they saw. And people, people started to believe a group of shepherds who had no credibility before. Wow. You know, we divide things up into three sort of elements, really. There's birth, death, and resurrection. Those are three elements you can't escape. Even if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to get resurrected. You see, God's word is true. This Christmas story has been downgraded to just children dressing up, singing nice carols, and just baby Jesus in a manger. It's a true story. God's word is truth. It may not be palatable to you. In fact, very often God's word is not even politically correct. Praise God. My wife shudders every time I preach because she knows I am not politically correct. And she keeps telling me, one day you're going to get into trouble. But this story is true. It's a true story. It's not just a Christmas story. It's a true story, for God's word is truth. Absolute truth. We, we divide things, but most people... Just divide it being born and death. You know, if you ever watch, I don't recommend it, but if you ever got your television on afternoons, they aim it at my age group now. The programs are rubbish, but the adverts are all about cremation. They've sanitized... Now, careful here, because it's a ploy of the enemy, a deception here. 
They've sanitized death. They've made it to the value of about 900 pounds. We can take care of you. They've sanitized it. Life is not two elements, birth and death. Life is three elements, birth, death, and resurrection. Jesus came to give us life, and life more abundantly. Life is only found in him, nowhere else. Nowhere else. Oh, you can have fun, but it's not life. Only in him. I was born physically. I, unless Jesus returns, I will die physically. But I'll resurrect. I was born again spiritually. I will not see death spiritually. And I will have and already have resurrection life. Because unto me a child was born. Unto me a savior was given. Unto me a counselor, a mighty God, has revealed himself. I lay a challenge to anybody watching. What element of your life are you living in? We're born, try to enjoy ourselves and live and be happy and loving, and, and then we die. Is that it? No, it's not. The Christmas story, the real whole story is about his birth, his death, and his resurrection. You cannot separate the three. Without the birth, you have no foundation for his death. Without his death, you can have no resurrection. The Bible warns us of the consequences of not accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Many people you see have never read the Bible. It's not that they're necessarily anti the Bible, they just have never read it. Never been grounded in it. They've taken it out of our schools. They've taken it out of, of life. And everything else has been sanitized. So that, oh, it's okay to be born and just die. Just enjoy yourself while you live. That's not. You will get a resurrected body and where you spend it will not be in heaven. And it will not be with your mates down the pub drinking. It's alone. It's alone for eternity. You will be alone for eternity torment it's not palatable but it's still the truth my job is to tell the truth 
But Jesus said, I'm not willing that any should perish. It's not his desire that you should be lost, but that everyone should come to him and find this eternal life, this life now. Now he offers it. Now is time to get your sin forgiven and enter into a new relationship with him. Because unto us, a child is born. And there will be a fulfillment of his word spoken to us. A fulfillment. Because his word can never return to him void. It will accomplish. And it has accomplished. And it will go on to accomplish everything that he sent it to be. At the start of this year, I challenge you. What are you doing with Jesus? What are you going to do this year that's different to last year with Jesus? Because as Dan said, he won't go away. He's always going to be there. Reject him, ignore him, amounts to the same thing. Or accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Come on, my boy. I should have had the handheld and you should have had this one, shouldn't you? <laughs> Probably easier that way. Thank you, Lord. That's all right, you can keep hold of that one. Thank you, Lord. That you are the truth. This is what Jordan Peterson said. He said that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. What does that mean? It says that it makes it more than truth. This is not just truth, God's word. It's more than truth. And you think, can that be? It's almost like a meta-truth. That Jordan Peterson said it's the very foundation that truth sits upon. I like that idea. That God's word is more than truth. It's the precondition of the manifestation of truth. That truth wouldn't even be possible. There would be no foundation for truth unless it was God's word. God's very word is holding truth to be possible. And you're right. See, I'm aware that there's even people in this building that haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And today is the day. Today is the day. It may be even that you need to rededicate your life to say, God, my life is not in a place of where it was. Today is the day for that fulfillment to be. And I'm grateful. Aren't you grateful? I'm, I'm grateful for Rob and Wendy for their ministry. Aren't you grateful? I'm grateful that God's not done with you yet. And I love seeing you up here getting lively. And I love seeing you up here speaking God's word. 
And I'm excited, but I'm also thankful for what God has done in your lives and what you have done and given to this church. And we honor you this morning. We honor you. That you've been a gift, not just to this church, but to many churches and many people around through both of your ministries. And I'm thankful. And God's not finished yet. There's not been an ultimate fulfillment of what God has spoken to you, what God has promised you. But have that hope, that expectation, that hope, a strategy in hope that you are going to see what God has promised come to fulfillment for you this morning. Believe that. You see, and as, 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 as we bring it to a close, we, we're, we're both going to just reflect or maybe say a few things about what God is saying for this year because we fully believe, for those of you who are not aware, we've been working through this prophecy, this word that God has given us. And it is his word. Came through his, his servant, Sam, but it's God's word to us. Unto us. Unto us a word was given. <laughs> Unto us a word was given. And I've been thankful. I don't, I'm thankful for the word, but I don't think we've even said it publicly that actually how thankful I am that God, that you've spoken. That as Rob just said, that God first spoke, gave us instruction, gave us direction through this word. He's given us direction through this year. And I'm starting to, to consider, I'm starting to believe that, that as we've spoken, yeah, we fully believe, we believe as a leadership team that we are going to see the, the fulfillment of this word fully. But I'm not putting a time limit on it. See, that's the danger sometimes as we, we think, oh, it's going to happen by the end of 2023. And then the end of 2023 comes and we get disappointed because we say, well, God, you said it. But I want to say God's timing is not our timing. His ways is not our ways. But it doesn't mean to say it's not gonna, we're not going to see the fulfillment. See, because I believe still like Simeon, he saw and he held. And I believe with this word that God speak, spoken is that we are going to see it and we are going to hold it. We are going to hold it, the the fulfillment of what has been spoken. And I'm believing for growth. See, part of this this word, it said they won't fear speaking it out or sowing it wherever they go. And I'm I'm coming to consider that we spoke that it's a time to go. It's not a time to leave. There's a difference between leaving and going. But, But when Moses came to the edge of the Red Sea, God said, why are the people complaining to to me? He said, go forward. It's a time to go. It's a time to build. It's a time to sow. But it's a time to go now. It's a time to go in that which what God has spoken. And to not be afraid. See, I'm not seeing this necessarily as just an individual thing. And it's... It's kind of not coincidence that we've got a couple of churches because I'm believing that this is for a season for the church. For our church, but for his church. 
that this is a season where the church is going to thrive. And that's the word that God has laid on my heart. And Wendy said it the other week last year. <laughs> and I've started, you know, it's a bit like when you, you're going to buy a new car. And you, you, you look at a car and you think, that's the car I want. And then you start to see it everywhere, don't you? Is that just me or is that you start to notice it? Whereas you didn't notice it and you think, oh, you remember when we were looking at a car and we were, everywhere we went, we were seeing this car and it was almost like, but I've started to hear this word, thrive. And Wendy mentioned it, and there were a couple of other people that mentioned I'm thinking, God, what are you saying? That I believe that Jesus is saying by his spirit that this is going to be a season where you are going to thrive. Thrive and prosper. What does that, what does that, what does that mean? What does that mean? Where's my, where are we going here? Where's the, have a look quickly in Isaiah. See, because Rob's just mentioned it. <laughs> Thrive and prosper. See, Rob's just said that his word doesn't return void. But the backup verse says, for as the rain comes down. Haven't we seen that recently? <laughs> we went out for a walk down Plinbridge yesterday. <laughs> It was kind of, it was biblical, wasn't it? I've never seen rain, but it was just incredible, the amount of water. I love it. I love seeing river burst its banks. There will be rivers. There will be bursting banks. But it says that as the rain comes down, and we've seen the rain coming down physically, but I want to tell you, spiritually, I'm looking for the rain to come down. And as it comes down, it says it doesn't return there. Sometimes we wish it would return. But it doesn't. And it makes it bring forth and bud. It waters the earth and it gives seed, <laughs> good seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And this is what it says then, the verse that we're all familiar with. So shall my word be. So shall my word be that comes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall thrive. It shall prosper. In the thing that I sent it. And that's what I'm looking for as a church. And I'm, I'm declaring that over you as a congregation that this season is going to be a season where you thrive. Where you thrive. What does thriving look like? See, because we can look at something that's thriving and we can think it looks all fancy and all... Looking really well and really plowing. I want to tell you, thriving to me, and I heard this the other day, thriving is doing the best I can with the resources I have in the season I'm in. That's the definition of thriving. It's doing the best I can with the resources I have in the season that I'm in. You see, I heard this morning someone said, I'm just surviving. But I want to tell you, you're not going to be just surviving this season. You're going to be thriving. That's what I believe God is saying. That you're not just going to survive, but we're going to thrive. We're going to thrive. But don't you compare your thriving with somebody else. Because everybody's levels are different. See, somebody can just find out that they've had even a death or something in the family and they're grieving, but they can still be thriving. 
but they're thriving may not look like you're thriving, but they're still doing the best they can with the resources they have in the season that they're in. And so we're cheering you on as leaders, as a, as a team, this season, that I'm believing that as we go, that as we go and we sow, God is going to thrive us. We're going to thrive. You are going to thrive. This church is going to thrive. Oakhampton is going to thrive. So us is going to thrive. Because his word doesn't return void, but it accomplishes and it thrives for that which it was sent to do. Yeah? Amen? Come on. Come and spark. <laughs> do you want this one? Or do you... How are you, Dave? I like to honour this guy, Norman. I really do. He impacted my life many, many years ago. I think he's slightly older than me. <laughs> I thank God for him. And there's going to be a fulfilment in his life. A bigger fulfilment. He's still got dreams. He's still got desires. He's still got energy. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. In fact, I don't care what anybody else says. It's what God says. And I want to pray that over you this morning. That your latter end will be greater. Abundance. Of what God's going to give you and has already given you. A multiplication. An acceptance a lifting up in the days to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you're my brother. Hallelujah. You're my brother. Glory. Amen. Bless you. <laughs> and let's pray over this guy because this guy's just a beginner. As you take the word that God has spoken and you believe it and you start to live it, there will be a fulfillment because God is lifting you into a new season. He's called you out to place you in a new position. with a new anointing. Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you for his love. I thank you for his service. I thank you for what I see you're doing in him and with him. It excites me, Lord, and his wife. Father, let there be an escalation of your glory in Oakhampton. Let there be salvation flowing down the streets of Oakhampton in the days to come. 
where people run to you, Jesus. Let this be the center of what you desire for that town. You being the center and the head. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is able to do far more exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Don't look at what you have. But look at what is yours in him. There will be a fulfillment as you believe and you lead. You lead in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. For those watching on the screen, part of this church with sickness in your body, I speak health to you in Jesus' name. A quick recovery. Even today, we will hear testimonies of your delivering power, God, in the lives of those watching in this morning. Be free from this sickness. Set free in the name which is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jeremiah talks about the thoughts that God has for us. They give us a future and a hope. But first of all, they had 70 years of captivity. But God said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. I'm declaring this morning and some lives in this congregation, some lives on the screen this morning, some people that will tune into this program in days to come, that God says, I know the thoughts I have for you. Your captivity has come to an end. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Because my thoughts are for you and not against you. So don't look at the delay. Jesus is on time. Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you that in this congregation this morning, there is so much been promised. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to rededicate their lives? Come out right now and we'll pray for you. Is there anybody here this morning that would like to give their life to Jesus? Come out right now and we'll pray with you. It's okay.
I'm declaring to you this morning that the days of mundane church are over. The days of just coming and hearing a nice preach word, singing a nice few songs are over. Let's finish with here. Let's finish with... I know this is the place where there's going to be life. 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 Life has come in the name of Jesus. Life has come. Andy, will you come? I want to pray over you. Dan? Oh, my brother. <laughs> I love you to bits. It's a new day in your life. A new time with a new people. And God says, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. I haven't finished with you, but it's different. What you've had before, you've had before. It's yesterday's meal. It sustained you. But I'm going to give you a new meal. I'm going to raise you up in a new way. And there will be a fulfillment of those desires that you have deep within you. Rejection, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Disappointment, go in the name of Jesus. And let life come, the life of Jesus, into you, Andy. And you'll live under nobody's shadow. You're your own person in Jesus. Called out, equipped, anointed to declare the praises of him. Who's called you? Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I don't know what that says there. I just was seeing that on your shirt. It says, "Adventure begins at the end of your comfort zone," <laughs> and you've got that on your T-shirt. And as I looked at that, I believe that God is saying this morning that He's going to be taking you out of your comfort zone in this next season of your life for you and Jackie. That adventure begins. It's going to be an adventure. But it might be uncomfortable sometimes. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he will lead you into that fulfillment for such a time as this. You have been placed in this church for such a time as this. And it's just the beginning. This is a new beginning. That what has happened before in the past, Jesus says he's, he's, he's dealt with. It's, it's been healed. It's, it's a healing process. But he's going to take you through, out of your comfort zone, into a new beginning.
because he loves you, because he loves you both. He loves your family. And as you seek first the kingdom, as you put him first, he'll grant you the desires of your heart. He'll grant you the desires, the heart. He knows your desires. He knows what you hold in before him, the both of you, what you hold in before him. And as the prophet, if seek first the kingdom, and he'll grant you the desires of your heart. But he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid of it. It's going out of your comfort zone sometimes. As a, but you're not a man that's afraid. You've got great stature in the physical, but in the spiritual, you're not a man that's afraid. Because as you keep your eyes on him, the enemy may come and bring fear and anxiety, but, and it may be uncomfortable, but he's going to lead you to a place, and he's going to plant you in a place that is going to bring much prospering, and he's going to make you both thrive in this next season. You're going to thrive in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And for your wife, Jackie, health. Health to your body. Health to your body in Jesus' name. No longer will you be looking, mourning, how am I feeling? What can I do? A release from that in Jesus' name. Strength to her body. Strength to her bones. Strength to her muscles. In Jesus' name. Newness of life come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jenny, whoa, they've played you down for too long. You're going to rise up and shine. Rise up and shine. Not because you want to rise up and shine. God's going to raise you up to shine bright in days to come. Let no one judge you. In Jesus' name. Wendy Clift, come out here. Come on. There's a wife you go douche your toe. <laughs> I'll stand behind Dan now. <laughs> come on, Dan. She's coming into a new season. Starts the end of this week. Next week, I don't know. When, this week? Second, first today. New season for her. Totally new. 27 years of doing what she did, what she was called to do. And God's changed her direction into a new season, a new environment with new people. A fulfillment. Damn, pray, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for such a time as this. For you've been faithful for 27 years, what God has called you and led you to, and now it's a new season. So, Lord, I, I declare over Wendy, Lord, that your favor is upon her. Not will be, but it is upon her. She has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And, Lord, today, Lord, as it may feel a, a, another thing of uh, bringing out of her comfort zone... <laughs> An adventure begins. And Lord, we're, we're excited for her, Lord. 
that, Lord, that, that she is a, an Esther, Lord, that in the place for such a time as this, that, Lord, you bring opportunity her way, that you put favor upon her, that, Lord, as she seeks your kingdom, you will prosper her. You will make her thrive in this new environment that as she goes and sows the seed, sows that good seed into people's lives who need to hear the goodness of God in the land of the living, that there will be fruit, that this new ministry, Wendy, will bear much fruit. It may feel like you get pruned sometimes, but God only prunes those who bear fruit that you may bear more fruit. And so we declare that over you as a leadership team that you will bear much fruit in this new season because he ain't done with you yet. He isn't done with you yet. But although it may feel uncomfortable sometimes, know that he is the one leading. He is the one leading you. He's the one guiding you into paths of the new into green pastures where you may prosper and thrive in this season. Thank you, Lord. I waited on this this morning as we were singing. Thank you for your prayer, Dan. I do feel I'm coming out of my comfort zone, but hey-o. Where God leads us, he provides, doesn't he? Yeah, he anoints and he appoints, and I know that. This morning, as we were singing a song, I believe this is for someone or someones, I'm not sure. We sang a line in that first song that we um, spoke, uh, we sang this morning. The enemy fought me. He tried, but he lost. And it just, I just kept feeling the spirit of God saying something to me in it and and he's saying I believe this morning to someone it's not over you felt overthrown you felt overturned you felt overwhelmed in your heart in your spirit you feel the enemies have come against you but God says it's not over you are an overcomer. Be of good cheer. And then I got reminded of that scripture in Revelation. Behold, I make all things new. He said, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely. To him who thirsts, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You are going to triumph in the Lord. I'm going to say that again. You're going to triumph in the Lord. Every other way you've tried has not brought you triumph. But this morning I believe with all my heart that you are going to triumph in the Lord. You're going to walk in the power of his might because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. God cannot be stopped. He says it's not over. 
I don't know what's been said to you. I don't know what's happening in your life. But God says it's not over. Amen. It's not over. It's coming. It's coming. You need to say to someone, you may not be seeing it in my life yet, but it's coming. What God has promised is coming. I can feel it in here. I can feel it in here. I can feel it in here. Because God said it, and I believe it, and I'm going to live it. I'm going to live it because I feel it in here, not up here, but in here. God's planted his word in my heart, and you or nobody else is going to snatch that word away because I can feel it. I can feel it in here. Hallelujah. Whoa, Jesus. I know some of you got to get home for dinner. We don't normally run this like, but church ain't going to be like it was. If you've got to go, that's okay. You take and go, and we understand that. Appointments have to be made and kept. But if you agree with me and Dan this morning, that it's going to be a fulfillment of his word. Stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean you've got to get up. You can, If you believe it, I said, don't stand because you don't want to look like the only one sat. As soon as you were real, then fake it. I believe everyone in this room has the promise of God on their life in some form or another. Father, as we stand this morning, we acknowledge your word individually to ourselves, that which you have spoken over us. Maybe years ago, maybe today, it doesn't matter. You've said it, so it has to come into being. It has to come into being because you do not lie. It's impossible for you to lie. It's impossible for you to try and con us because you are truth. Your word is truth and it's powerful to us. So everyone in this room and on the screen, anyone watching, Take hold of that word again. Don't look at today's date. Don't look at the time. It's coming. It's on the way. It's on the way. I believe it. So I will live it in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Have a great day.